0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome one. Welcome all to the greatest show of them all, the NFC East mixed tape you can listen to this on any of the four nfc east sb nation team blog podcast networks that's an awkward way to say that blog of the boys for dallas cowboys coverage bleeding green nation for philadelphia eagles coverage hogs haven for washington commanders coverage or big blue view for new york giants coverage you can also watch this on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel make sure to subscribe to any of these things leave a rating ride review also make sure to drink a lot of water that's definitely mm. a good thing he is brandon lee gotten from bleeding green nation i am Joe choa from Blog of the boys blg can you tell that i've had multiple coffees today
2: you just said you were tired before we started recording the show but apparently yeah, i'm tired you're I'm, powering yeah. through yeah you have to ramp it up for the people i get it um, drinking water, definitely a good idea. I know some people, sorry, my nose is itchy there, uh, aren't into water a lot. They're like, oh, I can't drink water. And I, and I yeah. don't fully get that. I'm a big, wa- I, I like water, big water guy. Uh, I, I RJ I had, before we start the show, I was walk- taking a walk the other day. And mm. I was thinking about the simple little things in life that maybe go unappreciated. and Why not highlight them here in a podcast? And I wonder if you had any, or the listeners had any, but two simple things that I wrote down are, you know, like you'll be walking somewhere, especially maybe in the fall. And there's like a little cyclone of leaves going on, like really tiny, like really just like a little, like a wind, yeah. you know, spinning over leaves in a circle. It's kind yeah. of fun. It's like, Oh, that's fun. That's nice. It's a nice little thing. And then I also had, I like this when it rains on a summer day, doesn't have to be a summer day but in this case a summer day and it's like a quick shower so it's not like a big storm so the sky is blue it's a kind of like a passing shower the sky is still mostly blue and then because it rained like now the ground is wet and it's really reflecting and you're getting all the blue off the ground It just looks really cool
1: Mm. those are both really good really pensive um thoughts um from the mind of brandon Lee leviatton I actually will give you two. The first one is kind of the opposite of your second one. Um, I mean, everybody loves the fall. I don't know anybody who hates the fall. Like I, I know people like people hate the summer. Like it's too hot, blah, blah, blah. But the fall is awesome. Like it, obviously. Um, and the other day, I actually mentioned this on a, a different show on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. It was really dark and rainy uh, where I live for a few hours and we happened to be making a pulled pork in the crock pot. Mm. And so for like that little stretch that like three hours, it just felt like, you know, peak fall you know what i mean it was dark outside and the, the smell of the crock pot and just like just seeing the crock pot just kind of makes you feel a certain way um so i love that emotion uh another thing I, I would offer um is you know when you go to a restaurant and you get a drink whether it's water or not i know you don't drink soda but a lot of people drink sodas or teas or whatever and you get one of the like foam cups that doesn't sweat that is just such a great feeling. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, you know, like I don't have to worry about like a coaster or putting the napkin underneath and it's going to get all like, you know, wet and like kind of torn up. Like it's just a, I love those foam cups. Like why can't all foam cups or styrofoam be like that? That's the ideal Mm. styrofoam in my mind.
2: You hate the environment. You're pro styrofoam. I do think you gotta have coasters. I'm a big coasters guy. You gotta, I mean, especially, so my setup where I, or Matt, I have like multiple coasters on my table Mm -hmm. and sometimes people will come over and they'll put like a drink right next to the coaster or very close Mm -hmm. to it but not on it and i'm like what are we doing like it's right there just put it on the coaster
1: you and I are cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. Coaster's another thing, uh, different thing. Do you do this? I have to turn the volume down when I turn the TV off. I, I hate or look the car. Mm-hmm. Like I hate leaving the volume midway or up or something like that. I always turn it down before I turn the car, or TV, or whatever off. Well, definitely can't be loud. I mean, if it's at a
2: medium low to medium volume, sure. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. have to turn it all the way down, but I, you can't have it high. You can't have it,
1: you know, blasting. Um, cool. Well, we've uh, rambled for long enough. First of all, this is episode sixty nine of the NFC's mixtape. Nice. I th- Yeah, I thought about going with that as a title, but you know, whatever. Uh, Next up, we're going to get into all of the lead up to preseason games for each of the four teams, kind of more training camp takeaways. It's that time of year. But I mentioned it, Brandon, if you leave a rating, if you write a review specifically, we will read it and you can write a review on any of the four podcast networks, leave a five star rating, but just you can say whatever you want as long as you give that five star rating. So I have uh, a few to read. I'm going to save BTB for last if Mm -hmm. you're all right with that. All right, let's get into it. The first one comes to us from big blue view and these kind of go maybe not in ascending order, but this one starts off rough. Uh, So, um, one star review, look, we're honest. I'm not going to lie to anybody. One star review comes to us from 50 years, a Giants fan. This is actually a few weeks old. It is literally titled Brandon Lee Gouten and RJ Ochoa. Here we go. Rest of SB nation is great. Except this horror show led by Brandon Lee Gouten and RJ Ochoa. If you enjoy two bitter nitwits talking about football, (laughs) <laughs> this is the podcast for you. That's what you get when you put a cowgirls and an ill eagles. Like the words like ill, like when you're sick. Um, ill eagles fan together. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I really
2: think the Giants fans who are salty with this, like I think we've been kind of, you know, pretty fair about them.
1: I said they go of- in the division. I said that. I know. I, mean, I don't in, agree in earnest, you, you said that.
2: Yeah, you did. And also, I think we we've, we've both been kind of on the we think they they might be kind of heading in the right direction sort mm-hmm. of sentiment. So like, I don't I think Giants have to like lay off a little bit. I mean, maybe we rip on them, you know, for Eli right, and right. stuff in the past, but like, whatever, who cares? Like, that's that's a long time ago now.
1: Uh, next one comes to us from I Austin, and that's I spelled E Y E, like the um, is that an organ, right? Like, whatever is that, is the I an organ? Do you know? Huh? What are you asking? Is, is is the eye an organ? Like an organ of your body? I don't think it is.
2: Oh, organ. I thought you were saying like, Oregon. Like Anyway, you know,
1: five-star like, rating. It is eight. titled Cheese- Cheesecake Depression. So it's from a few weeks ago when I talked about cheesecake. RJ admitting he hated cheesecake for most of his life should come as a surprise to literally no one. His bad taste in football teams should serve as the ultimate indication if... America's team was a restaurant. Coincidentally, it would be the Cheesecake Factory. Overhyped, overpriced, and an expensive playbook of entrees that only result in one thing. Disappointment. RJ, since you probably won't try liking a better football team, at least let BLG school you on better food. You don't deserve to suffer year-round. Signed, an Eagles fan. Who cares?
2: I looked up our eyes, organs, and they are. Um, nice! <laughs> so there you go. Okay. Uh, as for the review, <laughs> you know, I'm to sad to it. Thank you. Okay, next review.
1: up. Uh, these are from BTB. First one comes to us from That Boyd Riz. Um, and it is five star rating titled, Someone Has to Say It. I'm just going to say, BLG, that I think that this will be a bit controversial among, we need a name for the, the mixtape audience. The mixtapers? Like that, I don't know that that's cool enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's your assignment before the end of this episode to name the audience. Uh, the lo- And it has to be a name that unites Cowboys fans, Eagles fans, Commanders fans, Giants fans. But anyway, uh so this this is titled someone has to say it. Long live BLG and may he forever yes. reign. Love BGN and the mixtape has become one of my favorite weekly listens. Keep up the great work you guys, but please for the love of god, someone have RJ stop the Russell Wilson impersonating. It's funny at first, is now just cringe and we should just move on from this bit. Someone had to say it. Sorry, not sorry. I think a lot wow. of people disagree with that. I obviously am and a bit biased, but you know
2: you love the impersonation. It is a good. It's a good bit. Um, I can get why maybe some people the impersonation. I think it's a little too much, but the the concept of it, I like the bit, and you, you got to have a good bit, especially with a podcast. So, uh, All right, how about this last the, one? Oh, the ahead. audience. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was like what the WWE does in the NFC East mixtape universe. That's what they call their fans.
1: I mean, but that's kind of like. Like, I always think it's weird. Like, if you play for the Orlando Magic, like, what are you? Like, are you like, you're like, um, you're, you're a magic? Like, you're like, what are, what is, what is, I mean, so like, you're a, mage, you're a universe. Really. You
2: should be a mage if you're on the Magic.
1: I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't, I would want to identify with like a mascot if I was something. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is an Eastern thing? Like, maybe we pick something that is like incredibly East. You know what I mean? To sort of encapsulate Exes? the whole thing um what if we pick the card like you're a cardinal now because they used to be in the Mm. you know what i mean no i don't like the universe but anyway okay if you call our
2: listeners cardinals then you're calling our listeners frauds really
1: i'm i'm not calling them that uh we should call them the fraudinals but anyway last one this is a little Mm. bit long so i gotta kind of blitz through five star rating it is from kolb's underscore and i think there's a comma actually under after the underscore it is titled cross review time here we go What's up, RJ and BLG? You might remember me as the author of the rap review. I have since changed my nickname on this app because I had no idea it was Big Pig, SMH. Now (laughs) I have once again swung over from Spotify to grace you with a review and a new challenge. First things first. I have you say, I noticed BGN has, has a higher rating, 4.8 stars, than BTB, 4.5 stars. Not to read into this too much, but I think this says something about the coolness factor of the corresponding teams. No surprise the Eagles are winning. Secondly, I figured it was only fair to praise RJ's talent as a podcaster on a review for his own podcast platform. He truly is very entertaining, despite his Dallas fandom seems impossible, yet it has been achieved. This is in no small part thanks to his Russell Wilson impressor impersonation. I have no doubt. I listened to all his shows on the Nation NFL show without Fail, but let's be honest, nothing tops his pairing with BLG for the NFC East mixtape, Chef's Kiss. Now, finally, I promised a challenge. I want to hear RJ talk favorably about the Eagles for as long as Brandon can do push ups consecutively. Good luck, big pig.
2: We'll have to do that sometime. Not today. Today <laughs> is not the day to do that because it's very hot. I'm very tired and I probably could only do one right now. I probably do more than one, but I don't even want to do any. So we'll do that at some okay. point. I think that's a good challenge.
1: Okay, so the challenge will be BLZ will record himself doing push-ups. And then for as long as that goes, say it's 20 seconds, which I think is gracious to you, um, I have to talk impressively. But I don't think, just like from the technical standpoint, um, you should do the push-ups while – I should talk while you're doing the push-ups because I don't think you can – you wouldn't be able to have the headphones down there. You know what I'm saying? Like You you can do the push-ups on camera, but then come back here. We'll time it, and then I'll talk about the Eagles for that length of time.
2: I don't know how the camera thing is going to work. I don't really think that's like, I don't know. I'm going to be able to get a good angle unless I like really move my whole laptop down to the floor, mm. but I don't know. If I well, let like you move your whole crap. laptop. I think you just um, gonna have to do the honor code and trust that. Uh, Maybe we call the listeners the
1: pushups. I kind of like that. But anyway, um, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, since we last yeah. spoke, they signed Anthony Barr. That make you shake in your Who boots? Who cares? No. no. Wow. Who cares? Wow. Do you I actually care? Really, this exciting? I do i um so i did a TikTok on this and it was titled five reasons to be excited about this and one of them was this and like just hear me out one of them was this shows the cowboys get it we've been screaming <sighs> cowboys fans have to give the team quality depth they have such question marks at okay. swing tackle at receiver at kicker which is a new thing um and so i i mean micah parsons is not your normal linebacker you would admit that right like he's he's Mm -hmm. Arguably one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. So if he's rushing the passer, who's playing linebacker for you? Leighton Vander Esch? Cool. He played every single game last year, but the two before that, he combined to play 19 games. Like it it was a, a very treacherous bet to make. So they've hedged that. I love that. It costed $2 million. Everything about it is a pro as far as I'm concerned. I just wish they would apply that same methodology to other positions on their roster.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's anything needle moving at all. Uh, Not like, oh, wow, Ali Hevowitz of Anthony Barr, this is a big deal. I mean, it's better than, I guess, your other alternative to a backup or a contributor or whatever. But I don't know. Does that have a ton of juice for
1: you? I mean, he's arguably the best free agent they've signed all offseason. Okay. I I mean, that's 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 just not
2: saying much, though.
1: No, I know that. I mean, like, it, it all requires necessary context. And so... It was a really big boost there are a lot of like this training camp has answered some questions for me um like whether or not and i've said this in other places already but like whether or not cd lamb is ready to be that star wide receiver and i know it's training camp so again like living in the context of that too whether or not micah parsons and trayvon diggs can do it again like the arrows pointing up for all those things for me it's pointing down as far as depth at swing tackle or even depth at receiver outside of cd obviously at the kicker position um I was kind of indifferent when it came to linebacker because, you know, aside from Leighton Vanderish, they're banking on Jabril Cox returning from an ACL injury in his second season. He didn't play a lot defensively prior to his injury a year ago. And so there were, you know, I just, I like raising the floor. And it allows Micah Parsons to do something that he is very good at. And so if you're opening the door of possibility to that, you're making me happy. So it was an A-plus move, again, especially because it was $2 million. Like, I would rather have Anthony Barr than, you know, $20 million in salary cap space.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's fine. It's not a bad move, but it's solid. It's fine.
1: Um, we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Um, the Cowboys earlier today for us did sign a new kicker, an old kicker, Brett Maher. I've already talked about this a lot in BTV places. So I don't want to upset our audience even more. People think I'm being too negative about this, but this was super <laughs> predictable. This this <laughs> This was super predictable. They were going to be in this awkward situation with the kickers they're here now and so now i'm sure you've run into this instance before with different things people are like well who do you expect them to sign there's nobody available i know there's nobody available because they didn't do anything over the entire offseason like so i don't give them credit for doing something now like they made this situation what it is so like yeah they can't go back in time but they're stuck they're they're up against the wall but they wanted to be here
2: yeah i mean they didn't have to wait this long they didn't have to create the situation is your argument right
1: yeah i mean i they they released Griggs our line over the offseason they reportedly wanted to bring him back which mm. uh, like on its own is enough of a reason to be upset about this they didn't take free agency seriously at all draft anybody their first serious move was to sign an undrafted free agent and John I've been telling people like they were trying to hit the lotto, like that's what they did. They, their plan was to win the lottery, and it it is technically a plan, but it didn't work out. They he didn't even make it to the the preseason. Like and and I actually feel badly for him. I do feel like the Cowboys they do this where they set somebody up to kind of be the the face for their failure. So now everybody's like, well Garibay sucks. Blah blah blah. Yeah yeah, he did not have a great training camp, but he was not put in a position to kind of feel secure. Uh, with the team. And so, yeah, maybe Brett Maher is better. But the other thing is like and and the answer to this is just like, well, Jerry Jones talks too much. Yeah. duh. Last week uh, on Saturday, Jerry Jones said that he wanted consistency when it came to extra points. Great job, yeah. Jerry. But Brett Maher was a least or less consistent extra point kicker than greg Zerline a year ago <laughs> so like if greg Zerline wasn't enough he wasn't you cannot tell me that brett maher was um so i hope brett maher is amazing i hope Lareem Hirulahu the other kicker beats him out or whoever whoever wins i hope that they're perfect and wonderful but the the process of all this is broken that's really the hill i'm i'm on personally
2: yeah, it seems lame to me that, you know, they're having these issues and the first guy they go back to outside of the building is a guy who used to be in the building. It's like, oh, we'll just bring that guy back, you know, because we know him, even though he went 20 of 30 when he was last with the Cowboys in 2019 from field goal range, which is pretty bad. And obviously he did a little bit better last year at the Saints, 16 of 18 when he was kicking for them. Um, although like he said he did miss two extra points. So that's not great. Previously, you don't mean missed one extra point in the Cowboys. Out of like what, uh, thirty-eight tries there, or no, mm-hmm. 68, 68 tries there. Um, so, Bill Barnwell, as we talked about in Slack, <laughs> uh, noted that the Cowboys' biggest weakness, right, like our biggest Achilles' heel, was the yeah, kicker was, situation.
1: Well, he wrote, he wrote like biggest. It was like biggest Achilles' heels for contenders, right? It was, it wasn't like every team in the NFL that he wrote about, right. And um, and so for the Cowboys, he picked the kicker position, which I was a little bit stunned by. I mean, Barnwell is awesome, but that's the Achilles heel and it has been. And I mean, I actually like that makes my argument for me like that. They haven't taken this position seriously and they've just kind of expected to, to make limit. Like John fossil is a really innovative special teams coordinator, but man, this dude is skating by on a lot of reputation with this kind of stuff. Like his only kicker since he's been with the Cowboys, at least has been his buddy from the Rams yeah. in Greg's own line. And he held onto him way too long. And then he just said, Oh, I can pluck this UDFA out and make him awesome. And it just doesn't work that way. Um, I would well, say their Achilles heel a swing tackle though, to be, to be clear.
2: I agree with that as well. But in fairness to the Cowboys, I mean, like you have to wait probably at this point to, you know, guys getting cut in training. Because it seems the two kickers, the guys who are going to get cut, they're going to shake free. Maybe you can trade again like a six for someone instead of relying on claiming them or signing them just to make sure you get them. So, you know, they do have that. I guess it's not fully ideal to be in that spot as opposed to you kind of like to have that guy in house already. But, I mean, can be done. The Eagles got Jake Elliott um, off of, well, they entered the season with Caleb Sturgis as their kicker, and I think he got hurt in week one. And I was like, well, this isn't good. Uh, And he had a season-ending injury, and they signed Jake Elliott off of the Bengals practice squad, and then it's history. And then a couple, like a week or two later, he's hitting a 63-yard game-winning field goal against the New York Giants. So, you know, like, it's just the kicker thing. It's like, you can only sweat it so much, I feel like.
1: It is a position though that scores points. Like I I don't think people <laughs> pay enough true. attention to it. Um, but it can be um it's not a molehill, but it can be like a large molehill that gets made into a mountain. So um last thing was um I, I had written down, and we didn't do this for every team, uh, but names to know. Um just because, you know, this is training camp time, but like, you know, I would imagine like not every Eagles fan is aware of these two names. Dennis Houston, uh UDFA wide receiver. Dak loves him, and some of this is that Michael yeah. Gobb's not there and James Washington's injured, but Dennis Houston is somebody who Dak clearly is favoring um, and just looking for often and consistently. So Dennis Houston, I need to know. I don't know that he makes a 53-man roster, but he's definitely somebody who hangs out. He might make it by virtue of the injuries at the beginning. Like maybe he doesn't at first, and then they bring him back after the IR, you know, Gallup or whatever process they ultimately go through, uh, but that's the first one. The second, Cavante Turpin. Uh, he was actually the mm. first player – with the cow they've now brought in three players since camp began uh and it was early on they brought in turpin for anyone unaware he was the usfl mvp um this past season super fast like just ridiculously fast that's his like he's he came in to kind of be like this return specialist for the cowboys uh but due to the injury to james washington the door of possibility has kind of swung open for him offensively i've seen a lot of jet sweeps and kind of like pitch motion things to him um if you remember the way the Cowboys used Lucky Whitehead or Lance Dunbar, this kind of mm. fits into that mold for me. So I could definitely see him having a place on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Turpin, who, um, talented, but once upon a time kicked off TCO's team right. following yeah. a domestic violence accusation during the 2018 season, and he pleaded guilty to assault, uh, causing bodily injury. So not even, like, allegations Yeah, I here. mean, <laughs> like you're I,
1: not obviously going to find a Cowboys fan who's like, you know um going to bad for this dude as you know mm-hmm. in that respect but just the, the the football of it all he has been used a lot basically since he arrived uh yeah just acknowledging the other part of it <laughs> uh do you want to move on to the eagles or do you have any cowboys things to hit they do play on saturday night against the denver broncos after a joint practice with uh broncos country
2: i think it's been a relatively good camp for the cowboys from my as far as i can tell being bogged down with eagle stuff because i haven't really seen a lot of like and what did i say prior to camp like i think the cowboys need to avoid becoming like a meme at some point or like you know some kind of viral Mm -hmm. clip of mike mccarthy saying something dumb like i think they need they needed to avoid that i think they have for the most part i know there was some stuff from jerry jones early in camp but i think since then uh at least since we last recorded i don't think there's been anything where you're like lol cowboys um some kind of thing to emerge from camp so quiet is good for them and
1: uh yeah that's all i've got yeah i mean they their obvious weaknesses have been exposed um but you can make an argument that they knew that they existed so they maybe aren't that upset by them um To the ill Eagles of Philadelphia. So Uh, so your first note is that Jalen Hurts does not look super different. By the way, I did want to say one very quick thing uh, Mm -hmm. and I'm not even going to save this for uh, my um, like nice run or whatever I have to do with the Eagles. I really think it's cool how the Eagles do the camo numbers. Like for the whatever scrimmage it is they do for the eagles like the military appreciation stuff yeah, like it's a military that, that, appreciation
2: practice I, yeah. I know
1: but like they they do kind of use that for some practices too like that's a, a really subtle and innovative touch that that you know is an easy thing to do i I think that's really awesome um that the eagles do that
2: they do it once a year and then they always have the military members at practice and every every at least i don't know if every literally every member gets a jersey but they give all the jerseys away right after practice awesome. like they the players uh, talk to the you know the service members for a little bit, they autograph their jersey, and then they get to keep it. So yeah, it's really cool. cool. But, uh, also, the Eagles do a good job with their Eagles Autism Foundation. and raise a lot of money through that each year. They just had a practice at Lincoln Financial Field where they practice, and it's like a lime green jersey number. I don't know if you've seen those at all. Mm-hmm. That's like the color of the charity.
1: See, like that's such an easy thing, you know what I mean? Like yep. to do different colors or whatever, like that's a really cool little subtle touch. Um, so not to like pivot from something awesome, but so, Jalen.
2: Yeah, it's no, it's fair to, uh, you know, give the teams the credit for when they do good things like that. And uh, uh, yeah, they auction those jerseys off after practice too. So people can bid on those very kind of special edition jerseys. Um, Yeah. Jalen hurts though. They get into that. Not by any means. He's not had a bad camp, but it's just like, it's not enough to not have a bad camp. I think he really needed to have a good training camp one where you're like, wow, he's like lighting the summer on fire. And then even then, I'm sure people would be like, oh, this doesn't mean a whole lot. Like, you know, let's see the real games. And there's some truth to that. But, I mean, based on training camps I've watched, specifically with quarterbacks, I, Carson Wentz, I, I've said it, like was on fire ahead of the, 20, 20, the 2017 season when he looked great. And he also did not look good ahead of the 2020 season. So I just I don't buy that it's, like, totally meaningless now. We're only about halfway through training camp here. The Eagles have 16 practices in total. It's actually 14, but they bumped. They've added two more in, and four of those are going to be against uh, other teams. Starting with the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland next week, and then the Miami Dolphins. Mm. So you're gonna have the Tua, Hurts storylines, and then obviously before that, the the um, I'm sure Deshaun Watson is going to be asked about the Eagles' interest in him uh, at some point. So that'll be a thing. But to the hurts of it all. Uh Jimmy Kemski, RJ, did this activity last year where he basically did stock up, stock even, stock down for Jalen Hurts for his games. And Hurts only played 15 games last season. Uh he missed two, the, the finale in the Jets game. And basically it was even, it was almost even across the board in terms of up, even, and down. And I think that's basically I think what we're seeing through training camp so far. I have two stock up days for him. I have four stock even days for him, and I have three stock down. I just I don't think he looks night and day different. I think you can point to certain things where there's been improvements, but it's not like drastic. It's like yes, this is better, but it's not way better. And you're not seeing even if it like the point is the offense doesn't look great in camp, so it's not manifesting in a great offense. And again, maybe that only matters so much. Yes, the Eagles haven't had their top two left tackles in practice for a bit and actually they're down with their top three left tackles right now, but like, okay, there could be a point in the season where, you know, you're missing a starting offensive lineman. Like that's not an excuse enough. So I just think it's concerning bigger picture that he doesn't look like a different player in a really night and day big kind of way.
1: I think all that kind of jives with um like whatever, like the national narrative is Um I think you would agree. There's a lot of like national push. For Jalen Hurts, but he's he's a likable guy. Like he's a and he's a, a great like face of an organization. um So I do think that there's this like positive spin that happens with him sometimes. And I don't say that in like a oh just a Cowboys fan like blah blah like way. Um, I so it's it's time. Like I I just like he's he's running out of time for it to not be time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a it, like I, I'm you know I, I I feel like, and I'm sure you feel this way in, in Jimmy and everybody uh, at BGN and Eagles fans everywhere. Like. You know, I'm I'm sick of like hypothesizing about this. Like I'm ready to know one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of Eagles fans, like the the worst case scenario is that he's just like fine. He's kind of good again. Like it it needs to be like, okay, you're it or you're not. Like we yep. we need like fly high or completely bottom out. Like be awful or be amazing, but don't be somewhere in between where we're still stuck in this purgatory.
2: Yeah. And that's where I think they kind of are right now. I think they're kind of stuck. I just I mean, I just don't see how this is going to be a high passing volume offense all of a sudden. They're not even like, he's not even throwing a ton in practice. Uh, now, he, when he is throwing, I will say, he's throwing to A.J. Brown. Hot fantasy tip for you, R.J. Draft A.J. Brown. And the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts stack specifically is going to be fruitful for you because that's like all, that's all he's throwing to. And, and okay, I tweeted you, that.
1: You don't even play fantasy and you're out here giving tips. Okay, well,
2: I know the game. You know, I, I'm aware of okay. what's going on. Uh, as part of the machine, if you will. But, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a huge year. I mean, Hurts just loves throwing to him, clearly. And I tweeted out this week that, like, all all Jalen Hurts does is throw to A.J. Brown. And I think some people took that as, like, oh, all AJ, all Jalen Hurts does is throw to A.J. Brown. Like, it was a complaint. It wasn't a complaint. He's a good player. It's not a problem. But I'm just saying that's the situation right now. Like, he's just he's throwing to him a ton. There was a highlight play that he had when the Eagles were practicing at the their home stadium the other night um but more than that there's it's not even just about the flash it's just like consistently aj brown aj brown aj brown so gonna be a big year for him
1: we're kind of talking about this before we started recording too like it's because like you can throw it anywhere near him and and you can be successful right like i hate to say this and like i feel like this is like a, a conversation from the future but like Devonte Smith is not his receiver. Like, not doesn't doesn't like his skill set doesn't mesh with yeah. Jalen's deficiencies. Um, right. you know what I mean. Timing and getting the ball quick, route running. Right, yeah, yeah. Like I would put, you know, and or two years into Devonte at this point, but like I would put Devonte or not two years, one year in. Um, I would put him in the camp of uh, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you just like perfect. You you have to have that there. But I would put it, and I'm no—I I don't, I don't mean to simplify their games, but like I would put AJ in the camp of like Julio, Dez, you know, like Calvin Johnson, like just big, massive, tart yes. Gronk, you know what I mean, like red zone threat. So yeah, I could totally see AJ Brown having like 14 touchdowns next year, and like just eagles get down to the goal line hand it off to miles sanders one time or kenneth gainwell doesn't work out and just throw it up to aj brown and come down and score like they're gonna on mm-hmm. the subject of fantasy they're gonna be so many Devonte smith owners or dallas Go- goddard owners that are like again like you know what i mean <laughs> like how, how does yep. aj have three touchdowns off four catches in this one game it's gonna be something like that yeah
2: yeah so you're already wrong about the eagles losing the trade they're clearly winning the trade because aj brown is i mean uh, jokes aside anyone- like, he does he does look like <laughs> Legitimately, like one of the very best players in camp. He's been great.
1: For anyone who did not listen or does not listen to the Espionation NFL show, number one, shame on you. But number two, go subscribe to the Espionation NFL show, leave a rating, write a review, and go listen to last Friday's episode of The Look Ahead when Rob Stats Guerrera made a completely objectively based argument that the Philadelphia Eagles got fleeced in the mm. trade for A.J. Brown. I mean, I don't think you believe that. You, like, I know look, you, uh, it was stats' argument. It wasn't my argument, so, I mean. Right, but
2: to be clear, like I think you've said they lost the trade, and I think that's one thing. I don't think you would say they got
1: fleeced. I didn't I didn't say that. Stats right. said that. I said they lost the trades. It's 51-49 in my literal definition. Okay. Stats made it sound like it was 90-10, if that. Um, you have written well, down three names. To, <laughs> uh, you've written down three names to note: Jason Huntley, Britton Covey, and Reed Sinnott. Sign it? Sinet. Sinet. sign it would be cooler. I'd like to get his autograph, but um, mm. why these sinners? Hey, Read, sign it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: those are kind of like back of the roster, guys. Jason Huntley has been getting more opportunity because Boston Scott is concussion right now, and Kenneth Gainwell, who you just mentioned not too long ago, uh, has a hip injury. He just, he missed his first practice today as we're recording this on Tuesday, August 9th. So Huntley's going to get a decent amount of playing time because it's really only going to be him and UDFA Kennedy Brooks in the Eagles preseason. I mean, Sanders is also healthy, but I'm guessing he might not play it, at all. It, if, like, you know, a couple snaps, maybe at most. Uh, so best kick returner on the team has shown some juice. He's not got to keep an eye out for fighting for a roster spot. just haven't had good returners in forever. And on that, along those lines, Britton Covey has been getting the first team kind of reps as their punt returner. So kind of an interesting spot to watch there, specifically with, you know, the Dale and Rager of it all too. Like, okay, is there going to be room for Covey on the roster if the Eagles are somehow able to trade Rager? He's actually kind of like looked a little bit better in camp, I would say. This is his best camp. I wouldn't say he's had a good camp outright because there have been like a number of plays still where he's been the target and there's been like a pass breakup or interception, like that still happened, especially earlier in camp. But overall, he's done like positive things, which is more than you can say for him in the past. Uh, and then Sunette, it's interesting, RJ, because you know there was some remorse. I know with the Cowboys, we talked about I think last year, at least from you, like you know why didn't the Cowboys give a sixth-round pick to trade for Gardner and Minshew? They could have used that for more better quarterback depth. But uh, Minshew does not look good <laughs> in training camp, and the, th- the third stringer. Reed Sinat, whoever thought was actually going to be the four-stringer behind Carson Strong with the Eagles signed as an undrafted rookie free agent, has actually looked pretty good, as, as good as he can working with a third team. And Minshew's been bad, man. He's not had a good camp. He's turned the ball over. Accuracy has been an issue. So uh, those are the big names, I guess, to watch if you're talking about roster bubble players and, and roles and everything.
1: The Eagles will host the Jets, um, the Joe Douglas Bowl, on Friday Mm -hmm. night. So we'll get a chance to see Reed and Minshew and, you know, the rest of the crew. Um, I do think the QB2 is maybe next week we kind of do like a who are the QB2s of each of these teams. Because similarly Mm -hmm. uh, for the Cowboys, Cooper Rush is kind of losing that battle to Will Greer, of all people. Will Greer, baby. Watch out. Um, So we'll circle back on that. Um, Okay, good stuff. Let's move to the, um, we'll just call the other half of the division, but not before we take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: All right, the podcast audience got the break. The YouTube audience kind of got the break not really you told me brandon that you picked up a new hobby during the break what is that new hobby and why did you choose it
2: well my grandmother did a lot of knitting uh rest in peace to my grandmother um and now i'm taking it up in her stead and i'm knitting all the time now
1: it's mm. not true what are you working on what's the first thing you are going to knit to completion?
2: um she was really good like a bit aside she was really good because she would make like scarves i have a couple scarves from her and I think she made some like, you know, like winter caps, some beanies, some winter caps for like my mom and some, uh, some mm-hmm. other uh, relatives. She was really good at it. Um, so, yeah, shout out to my that's pretty cool.
1: Um, I'm, I've mentioned before, how I've never been in a basement, like obviously, you know, a southern thing. Um, I've also never really lived in a climate where it's been cold enough to where I needed a scarf. Like, is a, mm-hmm. is a scarf a regular part of your wardrobe during the winter?
2: Um, I mean, if I'm going to be outside for an extended period of time, I don't need it. If I'm, you know, like transitioning necessarily from mm-hmm. car to a place, and like you know, I'm a, in the not going to be outside for a very long time. But if you're going to be, must be, outside be so complicated
1: to put on in the car because you got the seatbelt, like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, um, you
2: don't need a scarf, I don't think. But like, it's it's it can be nice if you're going to be out in the cold for a bit.
1: Okay, uh, let's move on to a team that is definitely out in the cold. Pro segue mm-hmm. right there, the Washington commanders. I don't even know where to start. Uh, We have a lot of Carson Wentz stuff to get to, but we are recording this on Tuesday afternoon as mentioned. And on Tuesday morning, which is the name of a retail store, by the way, the commanders and the infallible Ron Rivera. (laughs) It's not a sponsor. It's a a fact. Uh, The infallible Ron Rivera fired defensive line coach Sam Mills, who is the son of the Sam Mills, who was post, is it posthumously? Is that how you pronounce that word? Post-Homisley, post humus, post uh, enshrined at the Pro Football Hall of Fame last weekend. So Sam Mills gets fired by Ron Rivera just a couple of days before their first preseason game, which, by the way, is uh, on Saturday at noon, incidentally, against the Panthers, <laughs> who Sam Mills, the uh, you know his father, played for, who Ron Rivera coached. Like, the incestual part of this is all over the place.
2: I have nothing to add on this RJ. You put this in here. I feel like you feel very strong about this. I, it's, it's just, it's strange. It's weird. Why are you firing? Yeah, I mean, and I don't, I'm, I don't feel camp. like
1: passionate about it, but it's worth it's the NFC East mixtape. I mean, the universe demands that we talk about this.
2: I guess part of it too. Well, sure. But I guess part of it too, is it's just, it's part for the course for the organization. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not like surprised. I'm not surprised this happened. Maybe be a little bit more surprising the Cowboys did this in training camp, but like with the commanders, like, yeah, obviously they're gonna have some weird wrinkle to their coaching staff during training camp. Why not?
1: I think what's interesting about what you just said, and I know that my Ron Rivera take is, you know, not received by everyone, and that's okay. I don't have a problem living in an island or on an island. Um, but you said, and I agree with you, this is par for the course for the organization. We have always operated as if Ron Rivera is independent of that, right? Mm-hmm. We've always operated as, as if Ron Rivera is not, and I'm I'm not in any way like equating Ron Rivera to like the, you know. I don't even know what to call the horrific things related to the commander's franchise, but mm-hmm. th- this is, this is something the commanders do, right? Like something like this. And we have never in the Ron Rivera era, really the Ron Rivera era experienced something like that. So that, that's why this was not jarring, but just a little mm-hmm. bit of like, Whoa, it like even, even Ron Rivera can fall victim to like the surroundings um, around it.
2: Well, Yeah. It's a toxic environment. It's not going to, you know, eventually it's going to kind of, infect everything i don't think anyone is immune to it i do think you know he's done an okay job given the circumstances and i think lesser coaches in his spot where he's been would do even worse than him and have been even a bigger disaster than and what and done worse than the commanders have done so there's that um but i also said when they hired him i was not the thing that my take on Ron Rivera, when the Commanders hired him, was not that like, oh wow, he like really raises their ceiling. Not at all. My take was he raises their floor, and I think their ceiling is capped, um, especially when you look at what went on with the Panthers. Ultimately, I think they had a cap ceiling very much so. I know they made the Super Bowl, but it was just the one year. Um, so yeah, it's you know, it's just more the same. They're just such a like who cares who really cares about the commanders the fans don't they're not showing up like what kind of juice have they got going on and I really want to get to the Carson Wentz of it all that's what I'm really wanting to talk about here because like
1: (laughs) it's just let me read the quote let me read the quote that we have written down just and then the floor is yours I promise um so there have been mixed reviews actually mixed is maybe generous there have been mostly bad but some not terrible mildly positive reviews about Carson Wentz through Commander's camp so far. Um the athletics Ben Standig wrote about um stock up, step stock down. So you know, kind of calling you out BLG. You get a mm-hmm. get an original name for your series um on different yeah. players. And on Monday had Carson Wentz as a stock down. Here we go. This is the line. Uh subscribe to the athletic quarterbacks throwing the receivers against air in print this season, no defense is the football equivalent of a layup line. Mm-hmm. Yet Wentz routinely has bricked passes in various directions overthrowing or firing too far out front has been the most common issue yep
2: i mean this is accuracy issues have always been an issue for him even in 2017 when he was great like he just had so many good plays that you know that didn't really matter as much but he was still overthrowing people inexplicably at times like that and then you know, that the inaccuracy issues became a bigger problem when he wasn't offsetting them with the great plays as often as he was. So none of this is new. Like this is if, if Washington is surprised with this at all, like you just haven't been paying attention. Anyone is surprised with this. You have not been paying attention. This is Carson Wentz. So to see this is like this is like some kind of revelation, revelation, rather uh revelation like, if the, like as this is some kind of it's not news this is Carson Wentz like yeah this is exact I'm not shocked at all this is exactly what I expect this is not to be like I, I was so right about Carson Wentz but like this is literally what I was saying at the end of the 2020 season and also why I was like you cannot go into 2021 with your plan being we can fix Carson Wentz because you
1: can't he is what he is so um Obviously, I've never covered Wentz, like, one-on-one like this, and I maintain that he has been made to be the scapegoat of the entire Colts organization, which is why I'm super down on the The Colts have made themselves bigger losers than Carson Wentz, which is really saying something, but that's a different subject. Um, but, like, I feel like a thing that's always been around Carson is this, like, fire is too hard thing. Like, th- this dude who's, like just got to like piss the ball in there you know and like i i don't know if it's like overcompensation like you know what i mean like what it is it, like it's like dude soft hands you know like I, I think of like um i don't think you've seen the mighty ducks but there's a scene where they they're learning to pass eggs you know what i mean like on the ice because they're like you got to have soft hands to like receive. and like carson because there's no touch there if there, no. there's no touch or finesse it is it is just I, I have to prove that I am the strongest, I am the best, I am the hardest working, I am the, the most, you know, rigorous, whatever. And it's like, dude, that that's the mentality that's, like, killing you. Like, you have the talent, but, like, you're you're outworking yourself. And that's how you're, you're, like, straining yourself in all these different ways. And you're going to hurt yourself in the process, which is obviously the boat he's been in for a long time. Uh, shout out to Roger Sherman uh, from The Ringer, um, who quoted uh, this report about Wentz with a screenshot of a tweet yeah. from Zach Berman. Uh, this tweet from Zach actually is from September 21st, 2020. Asked about Carson Wentz's regression. Doug Peterson said he doesn't want Wentz to press. Asked about accuracy from Wentz. Peterson, Wentz is just missing. He then added it could be because of the missed time. Said he's not concerned about Wentz. Nobody's ever concerned about Carson Wentz. Everybody's always telling him not to press. Like, dude, like, you've heard it from different teams and different coaches and different, like, staff. Like, why, why are you still doing this?
2: It's not coachable. Just, it's that simple. I've seen enough Carson Wentz breakdowns where the footwork is also an issue you're talking about throwing the ball hard and yes i think that can be a factor sometimes but the footwork can be kind of sloppy and it's not a different player at any point point. and everything i've heard throughout throughout the years not a coachable player doesn't take to hard coaching i think if he really humbled himself and and i don't and i don't and honestly like i don't know how how far that would go i don't think it's as simple as like well if he just took hard coaching he would be great some of this is just again who he is and he can't really fix it but at least you know you might be able to make it somewhat better and i just there's no evidence of him being humbled and being in the spot where he's like okay i need to like strip things down and and really take the hard coaching and have someone get on bust my chops if you will like John D. Filippo did in 2017 and Wentz played his best football that year, but Wentz was also not happy with flip. So I don't know. There's nothing new here. Everything I'm saying right now is stuff I've said before, but it's like, so is this report? It's all, it's just, it's all the same. There's nothing new.
1: I, So I feel like a lot of people put Wentz in the same category as Jared Goff. Like, you know, obviously the first and second overall picks from 2016, best quarterback from that class, no big deal, Dak Prescott, whatever. Um, But, you know, everybody puts him in the same box, right? Like your team gave up on you. You took it. you helped get a team to the Super Bowl, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like – they could not be like further from one another. I don't think like Goff and I Goff is clearly not talented, right? Like, or, or lacks talent. Like there's clearly some talent within the body of Carson Wentz, but he's just too like arrogant or whatever mm-hmm. to, to kind of get to it. I think Goff is incredibly humble. Like, like that, that's like yeah. the, the vibe we get from him. He's Maybe just, too humble, <laughs> right? Well, he's, he's just like literally limited by like his physical abilities, which is the opposite of, of Carson. You know what I'm saying? And like, I, I just, it, I feel for players like Jared Goff, And like, we've seen this, like in other situations where like Jared is limited again, by like as far as his body will physically take him but he's willing to like do whatever he has to do and he was obviously i don't think he was ever like arrogant when he was a quarterback of the rams but the lions experience has even more so humbled him but like carson has never had that that humiliation or humbling or whatever like and it, and i think a big part of that is like any misstep he's ever had i know you've talked about or written about this like has only ever been met with like no carson that wasn't your fault mm-hmm. here's who was to blame for that and yep. so i wonder who like so my, my last question as we like kind of talk commanders who was the inevitable fall guy in Wentz's mind for why it didn't work out in Washington
2: yeah I don't know I feel like at this point it's just so hard to believe he could still be in that spot where he still doesn't think it's him after two teams have moved on from him again the only kind of kind of point of optimism I can offer to Washington fans is that there isn't like a huge Wentz guy in that building the way mm-hmm. there was and obviously in Philly with a lot of different people not just like coaching staff but you know Front off, like a lot of different factors going on there. The whole ecosystem, I would say. Not to interrupt then, you, but
1: like yeah. I credit the Eagles for admitting that, right? For saying, and and to a degree, I credit Howie Roseman for saying, you know what? To a degree, Doug Peterson coddled Wentz. Like th- there has been some like self accountability within the Eagles organization that we aided and abetted this. There has been none of that from the Colts. That's why the Colts are such losers to me. The Colts are like we did nothing wrong. Like Wentz came in and Wentz sucked. Like we we're, we were victims here. But go on.
2: I I mean I guess Frank Reich did kind of apologize right or whatever he kind of did admit that
1: he apologized like, to the Colts though you know what I mean like for for like vet like vouching well, for whatever
2: it. we don't need to get into the Colts at all yeah go ahead um Commanders yeah very mid outlook
1: I mm. would say if they were a, a a dish if they were a food dish like a meal mm. what would it be
2: like I was gonna say. A meatloaf, but I, I think a meatloaf can be nice. I think that's that's too. I have generous. an answer to
1: my own okay. question. I've never had this before, um, but on um on the TV show Doug, which I presume was named after your dad, there was that an one. episode where he had to eat liver and onions, and he was oh, like yeah. dreading that. It. Um, and I I've never had the meal, but I always thought it was terrible just based mm. off of you know that episode. Um, that's who the commanders are. They're liver mm. and onions. Uh, gross. Mm. Okay, Uh, the New York, we don't talk about them in nice enough ways, football Giants. Check me out, Brandon. The Giants had a fight on Monday. Oh, yeah. Giants had a fight. Linebacker Cam Brown, offensive lineman John Feliciano, and offensive line coach Bobby Johnson were involved in the scrum. Somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in Foxborough, joe judge was smiling on monday
2: i did say prior to camp the giants need to avoid any of this kind of like you know call back to the joe judge training camps and i already saw some people kind of claiming that and i don't know if that's been the whole vibe on the whole as much as this is just one incident but there was that picture that i sent you of the one offensive yeah. lineman or different, whatever whoever i don't know who was who in in the picture but like someone having one of the guardian caps like being like drug being, uh, dragged around by that. So, uh, intense.
1: Oh, I thought you were still talking. I was,
2: no, I mean, like it looked <laughs> intense. That's all I have. I mean, it's a fight. the fights aren't the biggest deal. You know, we I think we've talked about that before. I don't think a fight means that like the team is in total right.
1: we, um, there have been like kind of up and down reports from Daniel Jones. There was the video of him, you know, that did not look good. Um, that, that took off it does kind of feel like the giants are like all in on this is a rebuilding year. And it is rare that teams like fully embrace that. Um, I did think it was notable that the athletics Dan Dugan noted that Daniel Bellinger is Mm. like tight end one now. Yeah yeah i mean like they moved on from evan ingram and kyle rudolph but um it's by the way i i think it's so weird that like people think kyle rudolph and tampa is going to be like this thing like what <laughs> but whatever Or evan ingram in jacksonville for that matter that to me though like he, there's athleticism within evan ingram's body yeah but like,
2: like come on how many times have we i seen agree, get like, I agree with like, you but
1: like i get that point like when was the last time kyle rudolph like did anything in the NFL? oh sure like, i whether, would feel like, better about right.
2: uh ingram uh, than rudolph
1: but that's you know. my point but so, uh, Daniel Bell, so this just feels like a, let's just see how how these kids do, right? Like, let's see, let's evaluate, you know, it's going to be one long preseason for us from September through January, um, and then we'll kind of, you know, find whatever building blocks we can work around in 2023. That's the vibe. Darius Slayton's working with the third team. Mm. Man, you know, how the mighty have fallen.
2: That's tough. Like, he was a really intriguing player, especially as a fifth-round pick. I remember the Eagles drafted Clayton Thorson, who was terrible, before mm. him when they needed receiver help and he did like some you know as a rookie he he had 740 yards kind of came on later in that season he had eight touchdowns like it's pretty good and 15.4 yards per reception okay pretty good i remember he gave Ronald darby some troubles back in the day and then again in 2020 uh also had 15.0 yards per reception took a step back last year i know injuries have kind of plagued him throughout his career not necessarily like one big massive thing like an acl but just like he's had a lot of nagging issues and it kind of seems like he's going to be on the outside i don't know like maybe that they've just sapped him maybe those injuries have taken a toll but i'd kind of be interested in taking a shot on him if i was another team and i need receiver help but uh yeah i mean hey good for them though they don't they don't need to keep hanging on to these players they've had for a long time like they've been bad so why not cycle through and get some new
1: totally agreed and that's the thing, like, it's I will feel, and this is in no way about him, but I will feel so much better about the Giants, which I don't want to, when they move on from Saquon. Because, like, that's, that's their one connection to the past, right? You mm-hmm. know, like, he's, like, it's like they got a new apartment and they have all this new furniture, but they have this one, like, you know, I don't know, like grandfather clock or dresser or, you know, entertainment center that just doesn't match, doesn't fit, you know, but they're like, well, I've had it for forever and I paid a lot of money for it. Who cares? Move on, sell it. You know what I mean? This is, it doesn't go with the whole like feng shui of what you got here.
2: It is funny. I think there are, you know, maybe, some giant sins like, oh, we can't get rid of this player because, you know, they've been solid. Oh, but like, okay, who cares? doesn't matter. Like build the team in a new image. You don't need to mm-hmm. hold on to the things you've had. And I, you know, like that's not to say throw the baby out with the bathwater and like there's a star player. Um, I mean, they kind of did the, do that even though with James Bradbury, like, and then that was a money thing. There's, uh, there's a factor in there. But to the larger point, it's not about trying to field the very best team this year, which again they should not be trying to do because their ceiling is limited in that regard. They should be trying to set themselves up for next off season to start like a new window. Like that's the goal. Next off season should be the opening of their window for their next regime. This this one they they can't open the window yet. They have to get into a spot where they can get the window open. Right now they have to tear it down, see what they have, you know, figure out are there some valuable pieces here. Um, which actually kind of, I think you and stats are talking about on the SB Nation NFL show. They will like wanting to play some of his starters in the preseason. I mean, like, why not? In a year where you're not really actually going all in anyway, and why not just get some more reps for those guys and kind of see uh, what you have and what you can keep around for the long term.
1: I was really hoping, by the way, in hindsight, that stats because obviously he he was like, yeah, I don't have an issue with the Giants playing their starters in the preseason, like do it. I was really wishing that he had not said that, that he had been like, this is so stupid, you know, whatever, blah blah. Because a day later, it came out that Kyle Shanahan is playing um, the Niners starters for like for just a brief moment um, this weekend. Okay. So I would have loved that, but um, that wasn't the case. Um, okay, Are the I think Cowboys overall gonna play their starters. What? Are the is Cowboys
2: going to play their starters?
1: No, I mean not not the major ones. Um, so. At but all? like they, they at do all? have the joint practice with the Broncos. Like I think that's where the bulk of like legitimate action will come from against um, this team. So I, unfortunately I, be... I don't think Randy Gregory will participate. That would have been a nice little bit oh, of drama. But I know. Um, maybe Broncos legend
2: Demarcus Ware can come to that game um and watch you know uh, uh
1: it's just it's it's an honor to 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 practice against the Dallas Cowboys i mean uh, you know um I, I know i know i know Mr. Jones thinks uh they they're America's team and you know i i i I, ho- I hope uh i hope someday you know uh, i i've done enough in my career to um Maybe be America's quarterback. I know y'all write stuff. I'm I'm happy here, Broncos country. That's right. I mean, I respect Dak. I'm not taking shots. I I know I had that list last year when when I actually you know didn't have a list and I had the Cowboys on there, but you know that's water under the bridge. Um, you know, and, and so um, you know I, I'm just I'm so privileged to to be here and, and to these colors, you know, the, the the blue and the orange. Right? <laughs> Um, you know that they're, they're so they're so present on 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 all natural color scales Roy, Roy G. Biv, you know what I'm saying uh, Broncos country that's right uh, the Eagles are gonna probably
2: play their starters for maybe like a series or two that's what they did in the first preseason game last year in part because they didn't have the joint training camp practices leading up to that game and then I'm not expecting to see them really at all much if at all in the second and third games because they will be practicing as I said against the Browns and then the Dolphins. And I think that's where, we're like, that's where, for as much as, you know, we've talked about everything now, for me, specifically with the Eagles, I feel like i want to get my best sense of the team in those practices, because that's what I did last year. Like, last year, when they went up against the Patriots and the Jets, and now, I think those teams were, you know, not as good of a challenge this year as the uh, Browns and Dolphins, who are not, like, juggernauts, but I think are better than those teams mm-hmm. were this last year. Because, I mean, like, you had freaking Cam playing for the Patriots, right. and Cam, did, come on. Uh, so... I'm interested to see how that goes. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, I agree with you. You've made the point too that like these joint practices make more sense than preseason games. Like, you know, preseason games are just like an excuse for NFL owners to take more people's money and stuff like this. Um, I'm not like putting all those words in your mouth, but, um, I do think it's important to say, cause I made this point with when it comes to the Cowboys, but it's, it's true for the whole division, just kind of the, the turnover we've seen at the head coach position. Um, we really don't know how any of these teams operate in the preseason. Like you know how normally like like Andy Reid you have like a great idea like how he approaches the preseason because he's been doing it forever, but it's worth mentioning the longest tenured coaches in this division are Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera who took over these respective or their respective teams in 2020 when there was no preseason. And so last year, you know, okay, preseason's back, but they shortened it to 3 games. So like we really, you know, we don't have like a a large data set for how they approach the preseason with three weeks and the bye ahead of the regular season, so it is a little bit strange. I, my point is, like, I'm with you. The joint practices are where you can kind of mine the most information from.
2: I feel like the mixtape has been weak in the preseason. I've got to say, we need the regular season here. It's just not the same. It's not. What do you mean? You know,
1: I really liked this episode. I feel really proud of this no, episode.
2: No, it's
1: it's did just you come not up with same. a better name for the mixtapers? Because that sucks. Like, I don't want them to be that. What is what are the materials involved with the mixtape that like they could be like the markers? You need, a, you, need, so you need a marker to like, you know.
2: Um, I don't know. Why don't the listeners name themselves? Listeners come up with some suggestions and then we'll pick the best one.
1: Yeah, because we're not doing a good job at this, clearly. Um, OK, then, um, well, we've said it all. We'll be back next week. Uh, maybe next week is a good time to swoop into commander's camp and you know get mm. our friends on from over there and sure. we'll we we'll kind of start flying around in our private jet blg demands that we only fly in a private jet um by the way so everybody knows um yeah anything else you want to say anything you want to tease anything you know it's up to you at this point
2: righteousfellen.com rj discount code BCN 20% off right now usually it's 15 but it's a special offer right now so for all you Cowboys, Commanders, Giants fans who don't get to use usually hear this on BGN Radio. If you want some meat snacks, BGN 20 percent off. right just fell um,
1: Boom. All right, then let's leave. Um, sorry, the mixtape was late last week. We didn't give people that heads up ahead of time, mm-hmm. but this one was on time. Um, so that being said, Brandon, as we leave, give us coming up with something. I yeah, think I'm people should tweet
2: at us with your nice thing. What's it like a nice little thing like I brought up at the top of the show? I want to hear what's people's like, ah. like, like simple little like something so small that you usually wouldn't even talk about it. I think it's important to kind of take, you know, appreciation of those things.
1: I'll add one more nice thing. Um, when you walk your dog, not I'm obviously not everybody's walking on a dog, but like when I walk my dog, it's awesome when you and your dog are in such a lockstep. That there's no like tension on the leash yeah you know and i'm saying like pulling, it's just like you're yeah. you're walking in parallel and you're you know you're just simply holding it like at your side that's a really great feeling that's a great one especially
2: you know i, I sometimes i'll walk my friend's dogs and sometimes there'll be times where they're just like you gotta pull them a little bit because they're distracted or whatever they don't want to go it's like you know come mm-hmm. on work with me here but other times the flow is great and you're like this is awesome
1: all right uh brandon four random words And they all have to start with consonants. Go.
2: Consonants. Okay. So why don't we go recorder, kazoo? Man. Uh, (laughs) Looking at my keyboard here to think of things. Watermelon and uh, bagel.